Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the Buster Show podcast. We have a very special episode today, and that is because Johnny Shipes is in the house. If you're watching the video, you can see the plaques behind him, and he has all those plaques because he is the founder of Cinematic Music Group and is business partners on a ton of different ventures, including the donut business, the clothing business. We have a lot to talk about today, my friend. Thank you for being here. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yep. Shameless plugs in the background, some plaques in the background, you know. Uh, but yes, I'm very uh, happy to be here and, and, you know, chop it up with you about the many different things we both have going on, you know. Uh, congrats on the bagel. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, actually, just a few episodes before this, the, uh, the founder was on, Adam Goldberg. And, you know, we were just talking about this before, but the uh, the bagel business, the dough snack business. I mean, all of those have been dominated by like, I mean, for donuts, I can only name two companies, Krispy Kreme and Dunkin' Donuts. Whereas I feel like when I was a kid growing up and I'm, I'm only 21 now, but even like 15 years ago, there are only 21. Yeah, I'm 20, just turned 21. Uh, but there were local, there were local donut shops and that just isn't a thing anymore. What what made you want to dive into the uh, the donut business? The donut business? Um, I wasn't per se like looking for the donut business. You know, like I, I just like um, it was during COVID, so I wasn't in the office as much for music. You know what I mean? At the label, uh, I was still working. You know, twenty four seven on the label. But I was in my mind just kind of like, you know, what else could I be doing that I would enjoy right now? It's kind of boring downtime and food had had given me like kind of a it just came out of left field because my friend uh, Virginia, she um, she had hit me one day and she was like, would you do this Vice Munchies episode? And I did it and it went really well. And then I did a bunch of stuff for them. And that kind of like showed me that I had this interest in food that I always knew. I had right, but like, didn't really know what to do with it or, or, or where to put it. So, uh, my brother will like literally my blood brother. He was the lawyer for Grindstone Donuts, and he hit me and was like, "Yo, you know this donut shop in the Hamptons might be looking for some strategic partners or possibly an investor." So I went over there, tried the donuts. You know, I'm I'm a munchies king. I'm I'm high fairly often, so. You know, uh, I went over there, tried them. I was like, what in the fuck? These are fire. Shout out to my partner, Kyle, over there. Um, he's a beast. Um, and and basically, you know, we, we sat down, we talked. I said, look, I think there's a lot I can help to do to, to take this great product you have and, you know, really build it into um, a company, kind of like what you were saying, Krispy Kreme. Or, not that that's our vision, but like, you know, our goal is, is to really take it and, and expand it across the country. We have a few key products that we're developing right now that we think will really uh, hit the market hard and, you know, just kind of create our brand uh, niche in the space, you know? Um, so that's how, that's the long story of how it kind of all came together. It was more of just like a good opportunity at the right time. And, uh, you know, I like, I like donuts. So if it's, you know, the brand, I don't, I don't do anything that doesn't like fit my brand or is true to my brand. So uh, yeah, that's why, you know, I liked it. I think there are very few things too that everybody likes, right? Especially when it comes to food, like even with candy, right? Everybody has like a specific candy that they like. 
Um, but I love the, the idea of a class of food that it's really hard to find somebody that like health aside says they don't like a donut. And that's how I felt about the bagels too. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a big bagels guy. So <laughs> I actually might be going into the bagel business one of these days, you know, or with you. But uh, no, yeah, I man. agree with you. I'll set it you up. Gotta have passion <laughs> for it. Gotta be, yeah, I, I fully agree with what you're saying there. So off of that, you said that, you know, the opportunity just came to you. Are, is that sort of your investing outlook that you like for deals to come to you or are there specific industries, projects that then you want to start? Um, that's a good question. Uh, so say it one more time. Let me just, let me, let me digest. Do you, prefer, do you prefer that deals are inbound as opposed to you picking an industry or a sector that you believe in and then going after that? Nah, it's, it's a combo of both, you know, like inbound deals that make sense I'll do. And then if I see something that, you know, I'm very passionate about, uh, you know, I'll go try to chase after that until I can, you know, uh, create something cool in that space, you know, like the, the, the comedy stuff. I've always wanted to do comedy, but until I got lucky enough to meet Drewski, you know, that wasn't a, that wasn't something that was going to happen for me at that particular time in my life, just because, I'm funny, but I'm not funny like him. So like, you know, in order for me to enter that space, I need a comic genius, AKA him. And now, you know, now I'm, I'm, you know, very excited about the film and television stuff we're working on. Um, but to that point, it's like, you know, I, I, I wanted that, you know, that's something I wanted, but I had to wait on the timing side of it, you know, versus the donut shop that came to me, you know? Definitely. And to, to the point of Drewski, I remember, but I will say, sorry, I, yeah. I will say that my best ideas just kind of come to me, meaning like the smokers club, we weren't sitting around being like, yo, let's start a cannabis brand. We were just sitting around and we were like, oh, let's do a show. We should call it um, the smokers club, you know, and, and then like, you know, so that's kind of how it works for me. So let, let's talk about the smokers club. So that idea came to you that way. Also, by the way, I'm just now be realizing that you have the executive producer Larry David hat. That is, a, is that a curb hat or what is that? This is, a, this is a curb hat, executive produced by Larry David because my life is a fucking joke. So I feel like you know <laughs> he's probably executive produced it. Nah, my homie Ev got me this hat. It's just a classic. You, you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? It's one of the greatest shows of all time. All time. Shout out Larry David, man. My life feels oftentimes like yours, you know, just like the hip hop version. <laughs> I love that. So for the Smokers Club, what, what is the goal there? Um, well, the goal for Smokers Club is it's, it's vast. It's a takeover uh, of some sorts, meaning like, you know, we want everything that we feel uh, we deserve. We, you know, we, we come from that culture and that industry. Uh, from way back in, early on in the days of even just smoking, you know, so as a user uh, and, you know, even as, as a hustler grinding early on, you know, it would only be right for us to enter, you know, the, the, the cannabis space, whether it's selling weed actually in the legal markets or more selling the lifestyle and the brand. So, you know, we want in on all of it because, we've lived it all. And, and again, we do things now I'm talking because Smokers Club is a bunch of owners, you know, me and others, 
but so I, I'm saying we because it's it's kind of more of like a brotherhood there. But basically, we believe, and I believe that that you know we all facets of cannabis that make sense for us, we plan on being in. So the comedy side of things with smoking and joking, all underneath the smokers club umbrella. But you you have smoking and joking, which is whether it's live comedy shows or, you know, a comedy movie that I might be working on that's a stoner-like movie, you know, would be presented by the Smokers Club right under that umbrella. You have the festival and live side of things, which is, you know, tours and fests. Um, you know, we put on, we're going on into our 12th year next year. Uh, you know, we've done seven years of touring, three, then the last three of festivals, and then COVID hit. Next year, we'll have our fest back up and running. So you have your live entertainment side, your comedy side. Um, you have the cannabis side of things, you know, as a third piece of it. We're, we're, we're in uh, California legal, you know, side of the market um, and looking into exploring some other sides, you know, obviously waiting for it to go legal in New York fully. Um, and, then, and then we have like, what is the smokers club, which is basically... Uh, you know, the the membership side of things, which goes along with the clothing line, you know, and kind of just, uh, we have like one piece of the clothing line is called the members line, where like the back of every hoodie, I actually think this one actually has it on. Another shameless plug, but that says Hey, member, right? there we go. He's a member. Go. <laughs> Feel me? So, so that side of the clothing um, line really took a life of its own. And, and from that, we really said to ourselves, you know, what is a, what do you get for being a member of the club like it's one thing to support us which we appreciate and you know buy our clothing but we need to give back to that member you know what i mean we need to give back to them so uh you know you're we're providing really real flushing. utility that's very nft-esque of you oh we'll get into nfts next <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but uh basically um you know, it is about the community and giving back to them as well. So we're, we're flushing out the member side of things now. You know, we just opened up um, the Smokers Club shop in New York City uh, two days ago. Um, we, we, we launched it with the OGZ, um, you know, uh, pop-up. Next week is Burner's Listening Party here. Um, we launched it with a food truck called Flo's Joint. It's like extremely good chicken, like uh, jerk chicken and uh, buffalo chicken sandwiches. Oh, real good. great. So, you know, we have all that going on over there. So the, the club membership aspect is something that we're really focused on right now. Um, and that's basically what the Smokers Club is. It's, it's premier lifestyle cannabis driven, you know, brand, you know. So um, bring, all, bring all the passions together. I love it. Correct. And, you know, to your point on the NFT, we're launching an NFT in December that's going to go crazy. We have like all our, you know, we, we're, we're very deep in the... Um, you know, in the whole culture of cannabis and just like streetwear and stuff, just from being around forever and, you know, being in the mix. So we've like, for the utilities and, and the things we're giving back to the community, you know, it's everything from like, you know, something with Nikki Diamond to something from Anwar, uh, you know, you have something, you, something for Burner. I don't want to give away what these things are. You know, you, you're going to get something from me, Smoke Dizza, uh, you know, all different, Dr. Dabber, you know, all these different brands. And we've created a way that, that, that if you own an NFT of ours, you know, which are going to be called members. So each, each, I could talk a little about it. Basically, they're these, these different nugs, right? 
I'll show you one of them. Hold on. This is a real sneak peek right here. When does this air? Because I don't want I don't want to blow my cover too early. When is too early? You tell me that. Uh, mid mid December is when it comes out. So like I wouldn't want this to come out to like December, like you know, the first or second week of December. Okay. That can that can be done. All right. So like basically we have like these nugs, right? Oh, so sick. like <laughs> that's like me that's like me and my daughter right and then you know you have a different background so they're generative right nice. so like that's my version of it hold on let me show you another one um this is burner very cool yeah and then you have like your random ones you know because they're going to be all different oh here's nikki let me show you nikki diamond real quick I yeah i mean it's you all know, and they're, they're nice nugs with like all these different backgrounds yeah, it's all going to come down to the utility, and that's where you know the winners are, yeah, and, are and separated. And what you get for them. So basically, uh, you know, we've created a really cool give back program. You know, where at the very least, if you become a member, you get ten percent off all of you know Smokers Club store. You right. know, anything we drop, you'll be you'll be uh, you'll be getting emails for early drops and things like that, which is important because I want to give back to the fans that have really helped us. You know, or or support us so uh that stuff along with like the festival next year you know if you if you're a member you'll be able to have like a, a certain band if you come to the festivals or the tours and you know if it tours in your city you'll get a backstage pass for a cooler experience just like really good shit you know tangible stuff like instead of uh, some of these people that are selling nfts it, uh, there's nothing it's nothing yeah it's exactly. fear right Right. So. They call them rug pulls. Yep. Yeah. So I love I love that you're going that route. I think it's really smart. Now, Thanks. you mentioned the comedy aspect and you mentioned Drewski earlier. You know, I remember yeah. when I when I first met him when we were filming season one of the crew league, I told people after I was like, this is the funniest person that I've ever like spent a day with in my life. And then obviously since then, I mean that was just a year ago, but obviously he's grown into an even bigger star by a multitude of like five to 25 X in the last year. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that, that was obvious to anybody that knew him before, but you obviously founded a label. He founded a label. What would your, uh, what would your best advice be to Drewski in, in building out that, uh, that side of, of business? <laughs> the could have been record side been records. Uh, I would tell Drewski, man, take it all. Nah. <laughs> and everything nah. um, you know drewski drewski is a visionary businessman you know he really is he as funny and as a joke as could have been is he's really gonna have a record label called could have been you know what i mean oh, he has to it's you too know. it's too far out now yeah so and you know we we have a show coming out a real could have been show coming out next year so that's going to be really funny as well is it going to be like talent um, show related i uh, can't really speak on it but you can imagine what it might be you know you're close you're hot you're hot you're not cold you know? <laughs> got it um, but but basically, uh, you know, Drew's very smart and he's he's really focused on building his empire and one piece of it's going to be could have been. So, you know, we, we talk a lot about his record label and how to build it. And I guess if I had one piece of advice, just because, you know, I could joke around, but he is running it like a serious company. So, you know, I would tell him, uh, 
you know, make sure you keep really good staff and people around you. Cause that's how I built my whole company was with like a whole team of people, you know, um, that probably do a better job than I do at most things in the music industry, you know? So, you know, I know what my strengths are and they're valuable strengths, but you got to keep people with all the strengths around you. So he knows that though he's building his team and stuff, you know? That's great advice. Now on a serious note, if you were to tell your younger self, uh, give, give like, let's say, a 22 year old yourself, a piece of advice on, on trying to do whatever you were trying to do at that time, would it be the same or, or how would that differ? Uh, I feel like everything happens for a reason. I don't really regret anything that, that I didn't do or do like did like even some stuff recently that I could look at and say to myself, oh, I shouldn't have done this or that, or that. it's a learning experience, you know? And I always tell every artist, right? You get what you negotiate. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you can't be mad if you're in a deal that you don't like. And I'm not saying this applies to me. I'm just talking outwardly facing, you know? Like in my career, I've done deals that I didn't necessarily love, uh, you know, um, two or three years later. But, you know, I got what I deserved, AKA negotiated because it's only on me and my lawyer, right? So I would say like all my learning experiences, all the learning curves are all good because um, they taught me everything I know today that I now can like, you know, not make the same mistake or like teach one of my little like homies that I might be mentoring or an artist, give them good advice. So I don't, I don't really regret anything I, or like would tell myself to do anything different. Maybe I would say like, you know, but Bitcoin. everybody hears this. And, <laughs> I said Bitcoin. <laughs> Bitcoin, right. Yeah. No, everybody hears this. And, you know, I tell all my artists like, yo, bro, when you get that first check, save your money, you know, save that money, you know, da, 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 da. You know, I, I would like probably tell my younger self to have started saving money earlier. And not that I have any money issues whatsoever, but, you know, I ran through millions of dollars the first probably three years of like my successful run, you know, yeah. early on through whatever. And like, I could have taken those few million and, you know, done this or that with it that would have led to this or that potentially, you know what I'm saying? So, but yeah. everything else, I, I feel like, you know, I would have done the same. But, but I always do say to myself, like, damn, you know, the, those first couple of years, I burned through a lot of bread, which is all good, but, you know. No, it's all part of the game, but it's true. Financial literacy, underrated and always will be. Yeah, super. And like, you know, I, I'm trying now, you know, more recently than ever, because I'll give an artist two, $300,000 and like, not really have another convo with them about it. I'll try to, I, I'll urge them to get a money manager or something like that, or, you know, but like, you don't even need a money manager with that, with that small amount of money. Like, you know, that is small in the scheme of things, right? It's, but for somebody, their first check, it's big. And you can take that, you could go buy a crib with it. You can go do this with it. For, they don't realize, you know, just like I didn't realize when I was a kid, you know, half of that goes to the fucking government for taxes. Yep. So yeah, financial literacy is something I really do want to teach in, in the next, uh, you know, year to, to, to basically I have to get the program in place, but you know, I'm doing that. I want to give healthcare to all the artists and um, obviously employees, uh, you know, things like that. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to do the best I can for the people that I'm in business with. You know, I think all the labels should be doing that. Of course. Artists yeah, have yeah. Artists think, yeah. hard, you know? Yeah, it should be on like schools too. And 
like public education also like the fact that that's not taught in every school at every level is kind of insane it's almost like setting people up to fail yep that's how it is sometimes um i wanted to ask you when discovering artists what are the uh key indicators that you're always looking for is it like uh is it a, a determination to like perfecting a craft? Is it like their swag? Is it just the sound of the music? What are like those KPIs, if you will, that you're like in your head, you're just thinking about, or is it just the feel of it? No, it's, it's all that. And it's actually very hard in COVID because you don't get to meet somebody in person, you know what I mean? Which, which has cost me some money. I'm not gonna lie. You know, sometimes you, 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 uh, Sometimes you find a star, sometimes you don't, but it's easier when you can meet them and be in the mix with them and see them, you know, perform and stuff like that. So there were a few artists during COVID that, that I took a chance on that didn't really uh, live up to my expectations, but to, to that's a sidebar. I don't know why I just got into that rant, but anyway, <laughs> you know why? Cause I'm in the office and I'm looking at a specific artist. That's like, <laughs> I'm, uh, he who I'm, shall not be named. Uh, definitely not. So anyway, um, I look for like the whole package, like, you know, the, the, there, there's a lot of things that go into it. The music, it starts with the music for me. It has to be incredible music. I don't want to sign anything average. I don't want to sign anything that sounds like anything else. So it has to be incredible. Then I ask myself, is this guy or girl a superstar? Are guys or girls going to want to date them? Are guys or girls going to want to be like them? You know what I mean? Depending on, you know, their, their sex. So, so, you know, that's a that's a serious question as well you know you're not going to go sign an artist that nobody's going to want to be like and no you know guy or girl is going to want to be with so that part of it is important and then just kicking it with them making sure they have a real vision you know and and, and that they're really a star and get it and where they want to go and you combine all that and usually it's it, you usually you find yourself a star if, as long as all those things line up that's awesome very, very cool. Now, one of the last things I wanted to talk about, it says you are, um, here, let me go back to it. You're a partner in a clothing brand. How, how do you yep. felt, felt USA, if I'm not mistaken? How did you, yes. uh, how did you get involved there? And, and, and what was the decision? Um, so it started early on at Cinematic, basically. Um, uh, one of the interns at cinematic his name was costa shout out costa he's a creative genius uh he started the brand felt he was like wearing this like hat and t-shirt around the office all the time and then like two or three more of the young kids in the office would start wearing the shit and you know i'm like shit is pretty fly i was like yo what is felt and they were, oh, it's this it's this fucking brand that costa started so i was like oh all right so i, I pulled costa aside my homie, um, Nate Fried Vegetables, who's another talented dude, he had um, actually brought Costa in on his internship. That he, I sat with both of them and I said, um, I said to Costa, I was like, yo, bro, this, this brand is fire. I'll invest in it. I'll help, you know, get it to the next level. And uh, that's what we did. You know, we basically uh, built the brand, you know, with his uh, vision and design skills and got it to where it's at today, which, you know, is, is now... Uh, you know, in its next rendition of, of you know, growth, uh, you know, getting into toys and plushies and all types of other cool stuff that you can see on their Instagram or Amazing. website. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. that's, if you're able to 
create a good product that people will come. You know, everybody always says like for a lot of these industries, people even said it to me about bagels crazy enough. They're just like the market is oversaturated. And honestly, I don't think that's ever true in any industry. I remember like when I, so I started the basketball media company, Hoops Nation. And when I started that on Instagram, people told me that it was oversaturated in 2016. Right. Right? If you build something dope and it's cool, it's, there's no such thing as oversaturation because you'll, you'll out win or play the other brands that are in that space. Exactly. The only Music people who are going to tell you, right. The only people who are going to tell you that it's oversaturated are the people who don't want you to continue because it's uh, against their own good from what I've found. I agree with that. I, I bet that's true in music too, but. I mean, it's true in everything, you know, nobody wants to see you win, honestly, you know, it's pretty, it's a pretty crazy thought though, because, you know, you don't want to believe that, but you know, it is, it is the truth. It really is, man. So what, what's your best advice for a, for a young entrepreneur now? Um, never give up in your dream, like never, never give up on your dream. You know, if that's what you really want to do, you can set out and do it. If you just push yourself hard enough and and outwork everybody that's also chasing that same dream and you can accomplish that slowly but surely you're not going to see it overnight there's no such thing as an overnight success you got to put time money energy you got to go broke for it uh, you might have to go broke a few times for it you know until you get to really where you're going because uh, nobody's going to hand you anything so you know stay stick with your vision you know um try to be as focused on it as possible. You know what I mean? You, you really got to work 24 seven on it. And then when something lucky happens, like, you know, me finding an artist is a combination of luck and my preparation, you know, like you need to be able to jump on that luck of whatever ball might've fallen into your lap and say, okay, I'm going to now run with this and, and get it to the next level, which was kind of like what happened. You know, me finding Sean Kingston was luck to a degree. And then, from there, finding Nipsey was luck, but I knew what to do with it because, you know, one thing led to the next and, you know, you got to be prepared, you know, it's not going to just happen overnight. Makes sense. That's, that's, my, nice. that's my story and I'm sticking to it. That is great. <laughs> there we go. It looked like a lightsaber when you did it there. Doesn't um, <laughs> it? Um, no, I, I think that's great advice. And I, I like that you mentioned outwork everybody in that specific niche because obviously, people usually say just outwork everybody, but that's frankly not true. You don't need to outwork the guy trying to make the NBA if you're trying to be a big artist. No. Correct. Um, so in the spirit of valuing your time, I know we scheduled 30 minutes. So thank you so much for doing this. This was, a, yes. this was an absolute blast. Of course. I really appreciate you having me on the show and congrats on being so young and following your dream and chasing it. And I'm sure I'll see you somewhere on the big screen or so wherever it is your goal is to be, you know, soon. I appreciate it. hundred percent. All right, everybody. We'll see you guys next time. Later, Buster. Buster, hey. Buster.